the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Sometimes God wants us to do the harder thing. What appears to us to be the harder thing. And we look at it in our flesh and we look at it with our feelings and we think, well, no way. If I do that, that's suicide. That's going to be too difficult for me. I think I should do this. I think I should just leave. I think I'll be happier if I leave. Well, no, this is what God's telling you to do. I know, but it's just too difficult if I stay, if I go, right? You know, and, and we sometimes, sometimes, sometimes God asks us to just surrender. As Pastor Dan continues his teaching series through the book of Jeremiah, he'll be challenging you to obey God, even if it means there will be pushback from the world. God is in the business of challenging your faith and helping you realize that with Him, all things truly are possible. Someone once said, Obey God and leave the consequences to Him. When you step out in faith and obey the Lord, He will always have your back. Jeremiah continued to obey God, even though he saw no converts. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 21, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Behold, look, give me your attention. I set before you the way of life and the way of death. He who remains in this city shall die by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. But he who goes out and defects to the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, who besiege you, he shall live, and his life shall be as a prize to him, at least you'll be alive, at least you'll have your life. For I have set my face against this city for adversity and not for good, says the Lord. It shall be given into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall burn it with fire. And concerning the house of the king of Judah, it says, hear the word of the Lord. Now he's going to go on with the house or the family of the king. But he says here to the people in verse 8, again, he says, I set before you, the way of life and the way of death. In other words, God says to the people, you need to make a decision. You need to make a decision. And you've got two options. You've got life and you've got death. And this is, this is a, uh, a crossroads moment in the nation of Judah. This is a crossroads moment in the nation of Judah. And there's a handful of times in the history of the nation where they come to this kind of crossroads where God says, you need to make a decision. 
You need to decide what you're going to do. You need to decide which way you're going to go. And I'm putting before you two choices. I'm putting before you life, and I'm putting before you death. And you need to decide, are you going to go my way, or are you going to go your own way? And there are several occasions, as I said, a handful of occasions, when the nation of Israel came to this point in their history as a nation where God gives them this, this kind of this ultimatum or this decision they need to make. One of those times is in Joshua chapter, chapter 24, after they've conquered the land, Joshua gathers the whole nation together at Shechem, and he gathers them there at Shechem, and Joshua gives this farewell speech to the people of the, of the uh, nation of Israel, and he says to them, in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, the river Euphrates, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And this is one of those crossroads for the nation, where the whole nation is gathered together at Shechem, and and Joshua says, you need to decide who you're going to serve. And he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And it's there that they they make a covenant. The people say, we will serve the Lord. We're going to serve Yahweh. They make a covenant. They establish a covenant where they agree to serve Yahweh. And we're told in Joshua 24 that Joshua erects a memorial stone, a large standing stone there. And that standing stone, he says, is a witness to this covenant because the standing stone heard every word that they said and their commitment to serve the Lord. By the way, archaeologists, when they excavated Shechem, guess what they found? They found a standing stone that was there. Dating back to the time of Joshua, it's the standing stone that Joshua himself stood up. When they made this covenant, they, they said, we're going to serve the Lord. A- another time in the nation, another crossroads for the nation spiritually is in 1 Kings 18. 1 Kings 18, you don't have to turn there. Uh, but this is, this is in the northern kingdom, the kingdom, kingdom of, uh, of Israel. Remember, it's split into two kingdoms after Solomon, the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. The northern kingdom of Israel, they, went, they, they decided to go after other gods. They went after Baal. And so Elijah the prophet, he gathers the whole nation at Mount Carmel. And he gathers the prophets of Baal at Mount Carmel. And it's there that Elijah says to the nation, 1 Kings 18.21, he said, How long will you falter between two opinions? How long will you dance between these two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But of Baal, follow him. This was another one of those crossroads where God is calling the nation to decide. Which way are you going to go? If Yahweh is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. But you, you can't waffle anymore. You can't dance between the two. You've got to decide and go after one or the other. Same, same kind of uh, ultimatum as Joshua gave. And when Joshua gave that ultimatum to, to make a decision at Shechem, the people said, we're going to serve Yahweh. And Elijah, when he gives the nation 
this, this decision where they need to decide, are they going to serve Yahweh or are they going to serve Baal? And he says, if the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. It says the people answered him not a word. He sat there in silence. I don't know. No, we're going to serve Yahweh. Thinking about it. Can't decide. It's a crossroads moment for the nation where they need to decide who they're going to serve. And now in Jeremiah 21, with the nation outside, with uh, the, the uh, Babylonians outside the city wall of their capital city, once again, they're at a crossroads as a nation. Once again, they need to make a decision who they're going to serve, what way they're going to go. I think you look at what's going on in our nation. We're struggling, aren't we, as a nation? Decide Which way are we going to go? What kind of nation are we going to be? What are we going to be about? And what you need is a prophet of God to stand up and say, you need to decide. You need to decide. And I think as you look at what's going on in our nation morally, politically, we're, we're trying to decide. We're wrestling over that decision. Just like the children of Israel at Mount Carmel where they just sat in silence because they weren't sure if they wanted to give up Baal or not. They weren't sure which direction they wanted to go. It wasn't clear to them. And it's, a, it's a very confusing time for our nation, isn't it? Trying to decide these things. And here in verse 8 again, the Lord says, Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. He who remains, look what he says now, he who remains in this city shall die by the sword, and by famine, by pestilence. But he who goes out and defects to the Chaldeans who besiege you, he shall live. And his life shall be as a prize to him. For I have set my face against this city for adversity and not for good, says the Lord. It shall be given into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall burn it. With fire, And so, Jeremiah here, he tells them, and, I, and don't miss this, Jeremiah tells them that the only hope of their, survi- their survival is to surrender to the Babylonians. Don't stay in the city. If you stay in the city, you're going to die. He says, your only hope to survive now is to go outside and surrender to the Babylonians. And I want you to think about that for a moment. Put, put yourself in that situation uh, living in Jerusalem, you've got the Babylonian army outside the city wall. And you've got Jeremiah saying, your only hope is to surrender. What? That, that, well, that, that can't be the answer. There's no way that's what we're supposed to do. Go out there and just surrender to them. That, if we do that, that's suicide. I mean, they're, they're just going to brutalize us if we just surrender to Wait, that, no, that, that, there's no way we can do that. That can't be it. There's got to be a better solution. I, we're probably better off if we stay in here, in the city where it's safe. We, if we go out there, we're dead. But there's, no, there's no way. I'm not doing that. And sometimes, sometimes, have you noticed this? Sometimes God will tell us, hey, the only way you're going to get through this is if you surrender. And sometimes God will ask us to do something that to us looks extremely worse than what we're currently doing. And we'll look at that situation and say, no way, I'm not, I'm not doing that. That's suicide. That's too hard. That's too difficult. 
I'm better off if I do this. This is the, this and that. God doesn't want me to do. I, he wants me to do this because that's too hard. And sometimes God wants us to do the harder thing, what appears to us to be the harder thing. And we look at it in our flesh, and we look at it with our feelings, and we think, well, no way, if I do that, that's suicide. That's going to be too difficult for me. I think I should do this. I think I should just leave. I think I'll be happier if I leave. Well, no, this is what God's telling you to do. I know, but it's just too difficult if I stay, if I go, right? You know, and, and we sometimes, sometimes, sometimes God asks us to just surrender. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m., I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. Here's what he's telling the people here. You need to just surrender to the, to the Babylonians, and that's the only way you're going to live. God's way always leads to life. Disobedience always leads to death. And that life comes through to surrendering to God's will. And sometimes it just seems counterintuitive. It just seems like that, that's, that's the wrong thing to do. But in reality, it's the right thing to do. It's the best thing to do. Now, what did Jesus say? He who loses his life for my sake, will save him, will find him. But he who saves his life will lose it. And in some sometimes we wrestle with that when God is asking us to do something and we say, ah, man, if I do that, I'm going to lose. I need to hold on to what I've got. We hold on to what we have and we end up losing. What Jesus says, if you surrender it, I know it's counterintuitive. I know it, it, looks, it looks like the wrong decision at times. It looks like the harder thing. But, but trust me, it's actually going to end the end. It's going to lead to life. If you try to hold on and do it your way and not God's way, it's going to lead to death. It's hard, isn't it? It's, it's, it's like this paradox. But it works, right? It works. His way always works. It's the way of life. Surrendering to God, it's the way of life. Now, verse 11. Now he's going to speak to the house of the king, the family of the king, Zedekiah. Verse 11, he says, And concerning the house of the king of Judah, say, Hear the word of the Lord, O house of David. He reminds them they're the house of David. He reminds them, that they're the house of David. And remember, he made this covenant with the house of David that as long as uh, uh, you know, one of David's descendants will always sit upon the throne, as long as they're obedient to the Lord's commands, there will always be a descendant of David on the throne. 
he reminds them, you're the house of David. I've made this covenant with you. I've made this covenant with your father, David, that if you're obedient to me, I will preserve you. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of David. Thus says the Lord, execute judgment in the morning. And that means immediately. Don't put it off. And deliver him who is plundered out of the hand of the oppressor, lest my fury go forth like fire and burn so that no one can quench it because of the evil of your doings. He tells the, the, the family of David, he tells the king, essentially, he says, start doing the right thing. Right now, immediately, start doing what's right. Immediately, as the king, as the leader, and God will spare Judah of judgment. This tells us it's never too late to repent. It's never too late to get right. The Babylonians are outside the city wall. And here God is pleading with the king to start doing the right thing. God doesn't say, well, it's too late now. I mean, they're outside the wall. There's nothing, there's nothing you can do now. You know? It's past the point of no return. No, no, there's all, you know, there's always, you know, as long as you have breath in your lungs, there's, you, can, you can get it right. You can get it right. The army's outside the wall, and here you see God who's compassionate and loving and merciful, pleading with them, pleading with the king. Start doing what's right immediately. And I'll spare you. It reminds me of our study on Sunday mornings in John and the way that Jesus treated Judas, right? As Judas is in the process of betraying Jesus, right? We, we looked just last Sunday at uh, the Last Supper in the upper room as they're sharing the Passover meal and how Jesus invites Judas to sit next to him at the meal. He gives Judas the seat of honor. And he honors Judas at this meal. And then even when Judas comes in the Garden of Gethsemane with the army to arrest Jesus, Jesus says to him, friend, why have you come? And Jesus knows why he's there. But he, again, he's just giving Judas another opportunity. As Judas is standing with an army of hundreds of soldiers right behind him with torches and spears and swords, Jesus is looking into Judas's eyes and saying, friend, why, why have you come? And then Judas kisses him on the cheek. He told the the soldiers, I'll I'll reveal his identity by kissing him on the cheek. Kisses him on the cheek. And what does Jesus say? Do you betray me with a kiss? Because you would only kiss someone that you have a love for and a fondness for. What is he saying? Judas, are you fond of me? Do you love me? Even as, as Judas is in the act of betraying Jesus, Jesus is extending grace to him and an offer of salvation to him, And we see here the same heart of God with the king of Judah, with Zedekiah, where he says to him, you know, just start executing judgment, start, start doing the right thing as the king. And I'll have mercy on you. Now look what he says in verse 13. Behold, I am against you. What he says, O inhabitant of the valley. And rock of the plain, says Yahweh, who say, who shall come down against us or who shall enter our dwelling? 
Now, what he's saying here is the people of Jerusalem believed there was no way they could ever be conquered because of where Jerusalem sat geographically. Jerusalem uh, was surrounded on three sides by these steep valleys. Uh, It sat on top of a mountain. It had three valleys around it. Uh, they, They had a wall around the city. And they thought there's no way an army can get to us. There's no way an army could ever conquer us. We're safe. And But God describes them as dwelling in a valley on a flat plain in a valley. Strategically, a valley would be the worst place to build a city. Because then you, your, your enemy will have the high ground around you. And he's saying you, you think that you have this strategic position and that your city will protect you. And because you're surrounded by valleys and because you've got this wall around your city, that your wall is going to prevent the enemy from getting in. And I'm telling you, you might as well be dwelling in a valley on a flat plain. Because your walls aren't going to help you. And the valleys aren't going to save you. They're going to do you no good. Now, it's interesting when, uh, when the Assyrians came and surrounded Jerusalem during the time of Hezekiah, as I mentioned earlier. And God delivered Jerusalem from the Assyrian army supernaturally by sending this angel that wiped out the Assyrian army. The Lord then, he tells the children of Israel, listen to what he says, he tells the children of Israel to walk about Zion, go all around her, count her towers, mark well her bulwarks, consider her palaces, that you may tell it to the generation following, for this is God, our God forever and ever. He will be our God even to death. He tells them to go out, examine the city walls, look at the city walls, because, and you'll notice there's, there's no, there's no uh, arrow marks, there's nothing in the city walls because your city walls didn't save you. It was your God that saved you. You know, the city walls did nothing. There wasn't a single fire, a shot fired at the city. And he says, go out and walk around the walls and look and you'll see. It wasn't the walls that saved you, it was your God that saved you. And here, he's telling uh, the, Jude, uh, the people of Judah, hey, your walls are not going to save you. Uh, and unless you turn to me, like you're, you have no chance of, of, of getting out of this. He says, but I will punish you, verse 14, according to the fruit of your doings, your deeds, says the Lord. I will kindle a fire in its forest, and it shall devour all things around it. He says, I will kindle a fire in the forest. And this this is believed to be a reference to the palace of the king, King Zedekiah. The palace of King Zedekiah was made of cedars of Lebanon, and it was called the house of the forest of Lebanon. The palace of the king was known as the house of the forest because it was made of these these big, beautiful cedar trees. And so now the Lord says, I'm going to start a fire in the forest. I'm going to burn it down and everything else around. And that's exactly what happened. Babylonians came and they eventually entered into the city, and they took the city, they destroyed it, and they burned it, just as God said would happen. He asked me how I knew. 
We're so glad you joined us today on Ring of Truth as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Jeremiah. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Dan, please visit our website at calvaryec.com. You can listen to and download a wide range of previous broadcasts or simply subscribe to our podcast. Sometimes life can get busy, and between work, school, family, and all of our other obligations, it's hard to find time to dig deeper into the Bible for ourselves. At Ring of Truth, we've tried to make it a bit easier for you. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you go. This way, you'll have encouragement from God's Word throughout the day. You'll find a link to subscribe at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth on iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life, so please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. When you call, please feel free to share any prayer requests that are on your heart. We'd be happy to pray with and for you. We also appreciate your prayers for this radio ministry. Please tune in next time as Pastor Dan continues teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Jeremiah, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. It's true.